Steel Curtain Network. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, one of the three hosts of the Steelers Preview Podcast. As we get you prepared for the Steelers' upcoming preseason Week 2 game against the Buffalo Bills at Acrosure Stadium. Joining me as always, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? Not too much, Jeff, other than getting ready for game number two. It feels like this is what we should be doing now. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Get the wheels a turning. Brian Davis, what's up? I am living the dream, and I hope the dream continues throughout 2023 for my black and gold. There you go. I love it. So before we jump the gun and start talking about, you know, this upcoming game and who's going to play and who's not, what Mike Tomlin talked about in his press conference today on Thursday, I want to go back and let, can we revisit training camp for a second? Because it just seemed like it went by in the blink of an eye. Training camp is officially over. The the players, the organization, they're probably already back in Pittsburgh and St. Vincent College is being torn down and the equipment's moved back, all that fun stuff. Oh, the it, college isn't being torn down. No, but <laughs> hey, I actually had, you know, it's funny, a quick, quick sidebar. I actually had a player of mine, uh, he played at St. Vincent. He played lacrosse for them and he would mm-hmm. actually, they would hire athletes to stay and help out in the summertime. And he was yeah. one of the guys that would cart Steelers to and from the fields and stuff. He said, man, they brought all, they bring all of their weight equipment. He said, they don't use anything of St. Vincent. They bring everything. It's like, they bring the wow. whole gym. Nice. It's a, it's a big, like multi truckload thing. But anyways, I want to ask you all about disappointments. And then we're going to talk, we're going to finish on a positive. When you think about training camp as a whole, so start to finish report day up until now, was there any position group player, anything like that, that has been kind of disappointing. It doesn't mean that you're viewing them as being, it's, it's going to be the end of the world. They're not going to be good this year, but any position group or player, Dave, will start with you that they, you're just like, gosh, that was just disappointing for whatever reason. Go ahead. Oh, you know what? There hasn't been very much disappointing. I'm, uh, I'm going to throw it out there. Let's go. Let's go wide receiver. Not at the top, just from top to bottom. It felt like there was going to be so, so many guys that it was like, oh my goodness, how are, how are the Steelers going to have to find a way to keep some more of these extra guys? It just doesn't seem to be quite as much as you get down the depth chart. It just seems a little bit top heavy. Okay, so wide receiver. Interesting. Brian, what about you? I'm kind of with Dave on this, and I, I kind of agree that there's not much that really disappointed me, but... I expected to uh, have have an opportunity to hear so much more fanfare from the defensive backfield. And it seems with with injuries and with Joey Porter Jr. not playing last week, being held out with KZ and Keanu Neal uh, not suiting up. And, you, you know, it, it kind of felt like uh, that wasn't really addressed. That, uh, that position was a place held last week. So we know we don't know too much except for what we saw from James Pierre. And that's just about it through the first preseason game in camp. Didn't give us much more. We saw some flashes of brilliance from Joey Porter Jr. In that uh, in that back and forth battle with George Pickens. And that's great to hear. But I don't get a feel for how how good Pat Peterson is. I don't, I don't have a feel for Levi Wallace right now with any news out of camp. I just don't have much of a feel for anything. 
That's a really good point. I, I think that I feel like the Corey Trice injury just kind of put a damper on a lot of the expectations for the secondary, especially from a depth standpoint. Um, I like the Dave anything to add about Brian's. No, I kind of left that one because I didn't know to start offense defense. And that was pretty much the two that I had was either wide receiver. And I, and I completely agree with Brian because you just don't see that. And I like that he, he, he grouped the defensive backfield together. You haven't seen the safeties out there base. I mean, you're talking about a three safety package and for a while you had none of the three out there yeah. and then just, you know, Levi Wallace played three snaps in the, in the, in the preseason game that w- and there were all runs. That was it from what you expect to be the starting and significant secondary guys. So he's exactly right with that one. So I'm going to go with two players individually. And Ooh. this is, this does not mean one on offense and one on defense. This does not mean that I feel like these players are going to have substandard seasons or they're going to not be impressive. I just didn't hear anything about them. And, and, Dave follows it closer than I do probably because he does the tracker every day. But I mean, Nick Faribault is basically our tracker. I mean, he yeah, pretty much because he gives so much good detail. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always checking Nick Faribault's Twitter during training camp, seeing what's going on. I just didn't hear a lot about Cole Holcomb. I guess I had really high hopes for him coming in. The inside linebacker position was one that we were all pointing to and saying this needs address. They bring in Quan Alexander. You've heard about him. You've heard about a Landon Roberts. You've even, you've even heard positive things about Mark Robinson. Maybe Cole Holcomb's just that guy that's doing his job and is never being talked about because all he's doing is his job. That's one. Yes. The second player. I, I, I want to know if it's the same one because there's one that I have. I want to hear you say it, though. I didn't know we were going individual players because I definitely have one. Who's your other one? My other one is Najee Harris. Oh, and again, I'm not saying that Najee, Mike Tomlin is very, very. Uh, adamant today you know Najee does not need the physical repetitions as much as someone like Jalen Warner or Anthony McFarland I get it but there was never any talk boy and Najee's looking explosive I mean hell listen to our Steel City insider Jim Wexel has been downright he looks sluggish like that's yeah. the opposite of what I want to hear um again not saying that it's going to be negative or it's going to be bad but those two players, I guess, in my mind, when I was as this as training camp approached, and I'm thinking about players that I'm really hoping to hear positive things about. Those two were guys that I was hoping to hear positive things and just didn't hear anything really about. So take it for what it's worth. Dave, who are you going to say? And I want to know if Brian agrees with me on this one and with Jeff Hollis. I haven't heard anything about Chris Boswell. No, you're right. I haven't either. Nothing. I, I can't think of hearing anything from Boswell. We've heard about big press, but yeah, you know, yeah, not uh, not Chris Boswell, who right. apparently was just punting them off the field. I'm like off the field in a good way today. I mean, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I and I assume you know maybe it's Steelers fans taking him for for granted or whatnot. But yeah, I'm just surprised, especially coming off you know a little bit of a down year last year. I haven't heard anything. Yeah, you know, go ahead, Brian. I'm going to go ahead and wait way in on this you know i kind of think that you don't hear as much about the established stars with the exception of uh of a couple things and a lot of the time it's uh it's based on how they're faring up against a rookie or how the rookie is faring up against them look i haven't heard a lot about alex highsmith but i heard about alex highsmith when broderick jones was struggling against him and it was a Broderick Jones conversation. I heard, you know, there wasn't a, 
there wasn't a lot of TJ Watt until last week. You heard heard the fact that Mike Tomlin was yelling, "Well, somebody blocked TJ," but not a lot of people were talking about him. But they were talking about him when uh, Washington, when Darnell Washington blocked him, or when he beat Washington the you know next time. So you know what you know I I think that we're uh, so enamored with a lot of the new guys. Now, Cole Holcomb, I agree with you. That's that's kind of a guy that you want to hear about. For Boswell, I don't expect to hear anything about Boswell, just like I don't want to hear anything about an offensive lineman in the regular season. The less I hear James Daniels' name, the better in the regular season. So I, I think it's kind of uh, no news is good news with a lot of the established veterans. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's the thing with Najee Harris, but what were we talking about Najee last year? It was that dreaded woman, Liz Frank. That's what we were hearing about him last year in training camp. So, you know, we probably want to hear a little bit more, but I think I think sometimes we take for granted the fact that uh, we're going to hear about new and struggling guys and people that need to step up a lot more in camp. So let's flip the script now. We just talked about players that maybe, or position groups that were not disappointing, but maybe we were just hoping for more. Let's go into the positive realm of a player or position group that maybe you didn't have high expectations for, but man, they, they actually turned it around and are turning heads. Is there any position group or player that fits that narrative, Dave? Well, if I want to go position group first, it's actually the position group from the number one guy you mentioned in hearing about. Just so much more coming from inside linebacker yeah. when you think about how concerning it was for Steelers fans heading into training camp. So you, you didn't know what you had in the Landon Roberts. You didn't know what you had in Cole Holcomb. And that was, and Mark Robinson was coming into his third year playing linebacker as a second year seventh round draft pick. That's what you had. And other than Nick Kay and Tanner Muse at the bottom of the list, well, not, not bottom of the list, but further down the list. So to me, I don't know if it's all about just signing Alexander, but between Alexander and hearing about Robinson smacking people and hearing about Elaine and Robert smacking people, I'm much more encouraged about the inside linebackers than I was before training camp started. That's a good, I, I like that. It's a good positive spin. Brian, what, what about you? Any thoughts on that? Or do you want to go into yours? I, I think that's uh, absolutely on the mark that if this was family feud, that would be my number one answer as well. <laughs> so uh survey says yes, inside linebackers, <laughs> Ding! But, but where I'm going to go with this is, and maybe we kind of expected this, but this goes along with a lot of what I was saying earlier. We're not hearing a lot about Cam Hayward, but we're hearing great things about Isaiah Loudermilk. We're, hearing amazing things about Keanu Benton and positive things from Armand Watts as well. And De DeMarvin Leal is laying people too. out too. Mm -hmm. So uh, for yeah. Hoko, so those are, those are five guys and we're not hearing about Hayward and we're the only reason we're hearing about Ogan Joby is because he's injured. And I was glad to hear, Mike Tomlin say that uh, he he was kind of dismissive, but he's like, not no, not long term. You know, are these long term problems with the injuries? Right. He's like, no. So you know, I, I think that's a really good thing. I, I think the uh, inside linebacker position is uh, much better than we thought. I think the defensive line is a 
is uh, stronger than we hoped. Yeah, which is also going to make the inside linebackers better. Absolutely. So they're deep now. Yeah, that's that's some really positive news when you're talking about the middle of the defense. Just like on the other side of the fence, I did one player on each side. I'm going to do the same thing here. So two players, both rookies, that have surprised me. Um, I'm going to go with on offense, Darnell Washington. Everyone loved his size. Everyone loved his blocking ability. And we all knew he had like the freakish ability. We saw the catch at the combine with one hand and him leaping over a player at, at Georgia. Uh, for me, though, I, I was really discouraged when the reports were very negative at OTAs and minicamp when they're like, this guy just looks like a fish out of water. Like maybe this is why he's fell to the third round. Then the pads come on and everyone's like, oh, never mind. He's a physical beast. That's why. He was selected. Maybe there's injury concerns. I don't know. He seems to be really impressive, and he could be a very interesting piece of the Matt Canada puzzle in terms of mismatches this year. So I was very happy that that played out the way it did during training camp once the pads came on. The next is a rookie that, honestly, I tabbed this guy when they selected him in the fourth round as nothing but a special teams ace. All right, let's be that special teams demon. Go down with your hair on fire and go make a play. And then after you've got a year in the system, maybe you'll be uh, a, a third person on the pass rushing spectrum. No, Nick Herbig is has turned heads since the moment they put pads on. The moment they stepped on the fields at St. Vincent College, he looks he looks the part of kind of like a little mini TJ Watt clone. He's not he doesn't have the size or the length, but. He's picking up moves off Alex Highsmith. He's picking up TJ Watt's ghost move. I mean, it's really impressive. And we saw it on against Tampa Bay on Friday night. That was what I kept saying was, I want to see it in an actual game. Like, don't just do it against LaRaven Clark. Give it to me in an actual game. And he did it. One and a half sacks. Some might say he should have had two, but still, it doesn't matter. I would love to see Nick Herbig continue on this ascension process and really be... You you don't just have three with Marcus Golden. You have four potential pass rushers. Think about those dynamics. That would be something else. So those are the two guys that I have been pleasantly surprised with in Washington and Herbig. Anything to say about that, Dave? Yeah. Well, well there was a, now I'm trying to remember which one I wanted to say first. Okay. Washington. His very first play that he was out there was a, I think it was a stretch play or whatever, and he was blocked at the end. And he 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 didn't get his he didn't move his man down the field as he was stretching wide, and his guy ends up coming off to make the tackle. I'm like, oh, don't tell me he's going to be a guy that gets in the game. Yeah, one snap does not a game make no. because that was probably it wasn't a bad rep, but that was probably his worst rep of the game. And it was his very first one to me that equates to that's his OTAs getting out of the system. And then the rest of the preseason was his training camp or the meaning the rest of that game was his training camp. As for Herbig, Nick Herbig, making sure I'm getting the right one. I said it on Tuesday night on, on Scobro. I had even, you said about him being a special teams ace. I said, he's a fourth round pick, you know, think of a guy like a buddy Johnson. He could be a guy that makes the team, but doesn't get a helmet each week. There ain't no way that's going to be the case the way it's looking right now. I mean, if it is, people I think are going to be extremely disappointed because he has really gone out there and shown his worth um, with, with all that he can do. And just think of the people that said, oh, well, just look at him. Look at his size and his measurables and everything else. He really, he he's ultimately going to be moving to inside linebacker. 
We talking about that now? No. Not the way he's playing on the outside. Not the way he's playing on the outside. So those those two are fantastic examples, Jeff. Yeah. Brian, anything to add? Darnell Washington, the fear with him was that he was too good to be true. And a lot of what you said, Jeff, um, not only that, you know, the fact that, you know, he has the size and he looks good, but then he doesn't look good in shorts. And a lot of that was uh, there's doubt creeping in on a lot of people because there's so many, I mean, so many, uh, so many fans feel like their team wins the draft. And we've, Look at uh, some of the drafts that we thought the Steelers won. Sutton Smith, we thought, could be the next, you know, great player. He could be the the next guy. And, you know, he really wasn't. And a lot of these players, um, I could go back to uh, 2002 and Alonzo Jackson, you know, who was a second round pick. So we've seen that disappointment before. And you uh, you praise a guy and then you start thinking, wait, was he the first option at Georgia? Is he just is he just a product of the hype machine? And then it was we were starting to think that at OTAs because of the reports we were getting. But you know, shorts are shorts are like the foreword of the book. The uh, the in pads that's when the that's when the story starts, and yeah. the story ends when you take those pads off for the last time. And hopefully, that's ten years from now or 15 years from now. And it seems like you kind of really like the story that uh, they're telling with Darnell Washington now. And maybe it's a good thing that those expectations were a little bit curbed, you know, that enthusiasm is, uh, was uh, not as much as it was. Now this could, this could go, this could go back too. Um, You can really think about last year. There were people excited about Connor Hayward and then he disappeared a lot. In the uh, in the first part of the season, and at the end, we got to see who he really was and get excited about him. And now we're getting really excited about what he's doing now. As far as Nate uh, Nick Herbig, I was thinking that he was not. I I was thinking even worse than you. I I was. A lot of people were playing the nepotism card. I really don't believe in that. I I think that's always you know a good thing when you have a brother of a player even though nate has not been on the the team that long he just showed up this year he's a newcomer as well but you have a chance when you have a guy in-house that you could talk to and find out about your brother that's a big thing now we found out more about nick herbig today and keanu benton as well and mike tomlin said something just very poignant and it was this he's like well Wisconsin under Jim Leonard, they run the same type of system that we have. So these guys, this is why we look at guys like TJ and Loudermilk and these two guys this year, you know, so when they're looking for specific things and they're, they first look at Wisconsin and they look at Madison and think, Hmm, who here in Madison is a future stealer who would look good wearing black and gold. So it's a surprise to us, but they had him scouted well and they knew that he was for real. It's a lot different taking a reach at number four than it is at six B or seven. Uh, you're right. Absolutely right. So kind of puts a bow on training camp and we're going to talk about the Buffalo bills week two preseason game, get you all ready 
let you know what our expectations are, players to maybe keep an eye on, things that we're hoping to see, hoping that we're not to see. We'll do some over-under and some trivia coming up right after this break. Stay tuned. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back. Thank you for spending some of your Thursday evening with us here on the Steelers Preview Podcast. We just talked about training camp, and now we're going to dive into this Week 2 game. Just a quick note, Mike Tomlin, three players are definitely not going to play this week. That is Nate Herbig with a shoulder, Trey Norwood with the hockey lower body injury, and uh, Dave, who am I forgetting? Oh, Larry Larry with a foot. He was in a boot, not in a boot anymore. Not going to be long-term. Brian mentioned that. So there you go. Everyone else is supposed to play. Uh, even if the, the, he even mentioned defensive stars and starters that did not mm-hmm. play. He's like TJ, Cam, Minka. Let's Happy. play this game. Mm-hmm. Let's play this game. We'll, we'll do a little quick over-under before we preview this whole game. Over-under, the defensive starters playing... Okay. How? Okay. I'm going to set the line at one and a half drives. So they're out there for one and a half drives over under defensive starters slash stars. Okay. So Dave, you taking the over under at one and a half drives. Okay. You're, you're talking about mainly the players that he listed that did not play last time. Yeah. I'm talking about like Cam okay. and TJ and Minka primary. Yeah. Pat removing. Rem, yeah. Removing Joey Porter jr. From that group, because I think that'd be, yeah. I'm actually going to go. I'm going to go under. I think those guys are going to be treated this game, how Highsmith and Levi Wallace were last game. And then Highsmith and Levi Wallace are going to see okay. an additional drive, um, you know, and, and like in a Landon Roberts and things of like that. So I'll go under, but honestly, it wouldn't shock me if they, if they do a three and out, if he gave them two. Um, so we'll I see. I don't want them to, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> keep them off the field. Brian, what about you? Over under one and a half. Well, you know, I'm thinking here that, you know, everything Dave said has merit, but I'm going to go over just slightly. It's not going to be more than two. I I will say that if this was two and a half, I'm definitely going under. But one and a half is such a great line here. I'm going to go two because I I really think that uh, you might see just a little bit more because it is week two because things have changed now. Now, last year we saw week three of the preseason we saw TJ Watt get hurt. Yeah. And he played a good bit of a half. So I'm wondering if uh, they're going to see everything they need to see from the Minkas and the Cams and the TJs and, uh, you know, kind of uh, give them two, two uh, series this week and shelf them and uh, see how they're going to shape the bottom of the roster. I'm going to take the under. I think they play maybe a drive and then they get out of there. It doesn't matter what Josh Allen is, how long he's playing. Get him out. I, Yeah, I keep replaying week three last year and TJ getting rolled up on by TJ Hawkinson and just thinking to myself, don't need to deal with that. Put him in bubble wrap. He's fine. All right. No, Dave, I, I, say? I was just going to say, just to, trying to throw it out there. What What would you say if instead of by drive, if you said it by plays? Plays? And you set that at, yeah, how many plays? You set that at something like, oh no, eight and a half. Eight and a half, I would say over. See, to me, I'm taking the under on an eight and a half. I think it could be two drives, but maybe not even. So you're, just, you're just hoping that it's like a dominant performance. Yes, could, yeah, and, and, and if, it's a, if it's a longer first drive, then I think they're only going to get one. 
You're, you're probably right. You're probably yeah. right. Let's go to the offense. Mike Tomlin said, hey, everyone played last week, and they're expected to play a little bit longer. So I'll do the over-under game here as well. We'll just set it at one quarter. So do you think they're going to play more than a quarter, less than a quarter? And I'll even let you push if you say that they're just going to play the first quarter and then they're going to get out of there. Dave, we'll start with you. Oh, I'm going to take the push because to me, it comes down to the coin flip. Are the Steelers going to start on offense or are they going to start on defense? If they start on offense and they get maybe into a third drive in the in the first quarter, I don't think they'll be out there. But if they start off on defense and they only get two drives in the first quarter, then that's something I could see. I, I, I think they're going to get two drives this time. Okay. Brian, what about you? You know what? I'll, let's go ahead and take under for a guy like Kenny Pickett. You know, I I think uh, two drives would be enough. And I, I think they actually want to see a whole lot more. And I, I still think they want to see more Tanner Morgan and uh, to maybe erase a little bit of what they saw last week. And they're probably going to want to see a little more Mitch Trubisky as well. So did you say over or under? Because I got to remember right these down. I said under. Under. I'm going to say under as well, but I think, it, again, this is all performance-based. Like Dave said, with defense, if you go into the minutia of specific plays, how many number, what number that is, for me, if they go out there and Kenny Pickett has two drives that looked an awful lot like last Friday night and they go down and score two touchdowns, then Mike Tomlin's probably saying, good job, guys, have a seat. Let's let the other guys have some time. Uh, but if they go three and out, three and out, I could see him saying, you all are sticking it out there until you figure this out, so let's stay out there. So it's going to be interesting. I will take the under on that last one, like I said. But uh, with Buffalo playing their starters, at least offensive starters, for about a quarter and a half, Sean McDermott said that on Thursday in his press conference, it's going to be a good matchup for the defense. The Steelers will have their ones, and, and the Buffalo ones will be out there. Something to keep your eye on. But let's talk about expectations for this game, Dave, you really outlined these this well in your Stat Geek <laughs> podcast Thursday morning. Is your second week doing it? You kind of went play, you know, sacks, uh, points, etc. So, but from a gameplay perspective, what are you looking for from the offense in this game? Not necessarily specific data points or anything like that, but what are you thinking the Steelers are going to want to do when they go out there on offense? Dave, we'll start with you. Let's see. You want to? I'm going to say sustain drives. And take care of the football. Okay. That's that. Hey, that that's that. That was the Steelers' mo last last year in the second yeah. half, right? Yeah. Uh, that's good, Brian. What yeah. about you? I want to see a first team offense score, and at least once. I and when I say at least once, I'd like to see them in the end zone. And if I see them reach the end zone one time, I'm happy. I I don't have a problem with that. I want to see twenty points plus. Again, I, I really think that's that's important for this team, but I'd like to see most of it. Uh, I want to see most of their points in the first three quarters. Okay. Now, I, I didn't, um, on my Let's Ride podcast, which airs tomorrow, Friday, I talk about what I'm looking for. I'm, I'll just say two things on the offensive side that I, I mentioned there. I want us to continue to see third down success. So I think back to uh, Kenny Pickett's lone drive against Tampa Bay. He converted, I think, two third downs, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, one to Pat Which Fryermuth. was the touchdown? 
Well, he didn't he convert on to Pat no. Fryermuth or was that second down? I know the Deontay uh, that, Johnson that was, was second down. The, okay. Yeah. Okay, so there was a conversion. I've broken down that drive a bunch yeah. of times because that's <laughs> all we got from the first team. So I've watched it a lot. No, but he did he did convert to third down, I think third and ten to Deontay Johnson, and then the mm. touchdown. So that touchdown's a good segue. I want to see third down success, but I also want to see explosive plays. We got a taste of that against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the 33-yard touchdown. The 67-yard touchdown pass to Calvin Austin the third, who I want to bring up because I'm really excited about that young man as well. So I, I want to continue to see the offense not just kind of matriculate their way down the field, but also be able to get chunk plays. You see this in training camp all the time. They're saying, oh, wow, they just hit Najee on a little screen pass. Would have gone for 40-plus. Jalen Warren has breaks through the line, huge hole. Could have been a 30-plus game. You want to see the offense be able to protect the ball, to be able to move the ball down the field, but also to have those chunk plays as well to kind of aid in that. So that's what I'm looking for on offense. All right. What about on defense, Dave? What about you? What are you thinking on the defensive side? Well, just like last week, get after the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And now if we're looking at actually seeing the secondary out there, you know, get, it'd be nice if, they, if, if, you know, you, you can pull in a pick, but more importantly, get your hands on the ball. Get your hands on the ball, knock it down, and hopefully pull it in. Yeah, very good. Brian, what about you on the defensive side of the ball? Don't let Josh Allen be a uh, preseason favorite for the MVP award. I almost said that. That's a good one. <laughs> and really, and or translation, hold your own against a vaunted Bills offense. I like that. I like that. I, I, I did say pressure the quarterback. And I think with Josh Allen, it doesn't always have to equate in sacks. Yeah. Like Dave said, he just quarterback hits, hurries, moving him off his spot. And uh, yeah, did, don't surrender the big play. You know, just like on offense, you want to see the big play. You want to see the explosive play. Stephon yeah. Diggs had a clinic against his team last year in week five. And Gabriel and, Davis. So, <laughs> yeah, he did. He did too. You couldn't yeah. stop anyone. Yeah. Shakir, uh, number 10, Shakir. Bills. What was it? A 98 yarder and a 60 some yarder too in there. Oh, yeah. they, they just, they just destroyed the Steelers. In there. Yeah. yeah. That was the worst game they, that I can remember mainly because Dave was at my house. <laughs> yes. the game. We're trying to figure out what to do. I am like frozen because I got responsibilities with the website and they're just getting blown out, which actually, actually, in hindsight, Dave was actually the best case scenario. Either the Steelers were <laughs> well, no, no, not them getting blown out, but no, if yeah. they were going to get blown out, that we actually couldn't yeah. even. If it was see close, it that would have been a million times worse. I'm driving to Dave's house, listening to the game on the radio, and they're like, "And the 97 yard touch." I'm like, "You have got to be kidding me! Like this isn't happening." I they saw muffed, the whole thing. The kickoff. <laughs> Didn't they? Didn't the Bills fumble the kickoff or something? And then the next play from scrimmage was that? Yeah. No, 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 no. You're right. They, they they screwed up the kickoff. That was third and 10 from their own two-yard line. That was a third down conversion. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I remember that game well because I unfortunately saw the whole thing. What I saw, except for I missed some stuff here and there because I was frantically trying to clean my house because I thought you guys were coming to my house. <laughs> Because you said you might, and then then I didn't hear anything, and then I see you know I hear I'm a Dave, so I'm like, all right, yeah, that, that was a nightmare. And then you all probably think of the Bills, and you think of spooning with each other at <laughs> Heinz Field at the time, and listening to the Bills fans and and, 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 fans. and watching them come out and run <laughs> run the Wildcat right after uh, and those three drunk Bills turnover. fans in front of us. 
Mm-hmm. I remember memories. offering to call them an Uber. <laughs> there were some good scared. Bills memories in recent history. Think about Le'Veon Bell's snow game and things like oh. that, where they couldn't touch him. That was a great week game. one but, of twenty twenty one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the, they the, go up there the and block shock punt. everyone. Yes, uh, who recovered that? Was it Miles Gilbrew? Um, no, no, it Ulysses was um, Gilbert. Did wasn't it UG three? Yeah, was... I'm pretty sure it was UG three. Um, recover it because uh, Killebrew blocked it. That's it. Yeah, Ulysses Gilbert the third. And mm-hmm. I, I was listening to the uh, broadcast because he's on Tampa Bay. I think they were they were calling him Oli G or something like that. <laughs> See, that, well, there was they had two Steelers, the def- former Steelers defenders out there during that. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's UG three. But it gives me a chance to say it again. They had Hemuka Rashad on their team. Oh, Hemuka. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So uh, let's talk about some individuals that you're just looking forward to seeing in this game on Saturday, just players. You're like, you know what? I just want to see what they can do. Um, Dave, it could be offense, defense. Doesn't matter. Who do you got? Who do I want to see? All right. Well, I'll start outside the box. I want to see some big press punting in the game. That's true. You know, that, I, I do want to see that. Um, although if he doesn't get an opportunity to punt because the Steelers don't have to, I'll take it. And then the other thing I want to see is is Calvin Austin III returning punts in the game ah. because Mike Tomlin talked about that today, how last week he wanted Ant Mac and CA3 to focus on offense and that they will be out there more on special teams this week. So I would like to see CA3 returning punts, big press kicking punts. Um, actually, I don't really – you know what? It, they can get stopped one time and he can punt once, and I just wanted to make the best of it. But uh, – People worry about his consistency. Well, let's just not worry about him having to be consistent because he barely has to punt at all. Um, and so I'll stop you, there and then let you guys yeah, go. You went the specialist defense. route. You went the specialist route. That's fine. Brian, what about you? Is there Are there any individual players you're looking to see on Saturday? I'm going to go one on offense and one on defense. Okay. And I'm going to surprise a lot of people when I say this, but Alan Robinson, I feel like I haven't seen a lot of him. Yep. And, and I know he's been around especially I want to see that special connection with Kenny Pickett on the defensive side of the ball. You know, of course I it's everyone knows the obvious one. Yep. So I'm not even going to say that because we know we definitely want to see this guy, but I want to see, I want to see the duo, the safety duo. I want to see Robin and Robin is case KZ and Neil, especially Neil. Cause I'm hearing a lot of great things about him. So is the low hanging fruit, Joey Porter jr. Someone's going to at least say the name so we can just say, yes, everyone's there. We got to move on. Okay. I am. Uh, I'm really excited. I, I just love to watch Calvin Austin, the third, because there were, so there were parts of him and Dave mentioned him with the return duties that he's going to have this upcoming weekend. And I want him to succeed there because if he can do that, that'll solidify his roster spot. No doubt about it. But you see these, you saw it in Tampa Bay, these jet sweeps that, you know, used to go for like, Oh, there's three yards. They're going for like seven or eight, maybe even more because he's just that fast. And then you see these plays on the outside. I'm like, I want to see him playing with Kenny Pickett a little bit. I want to see him getting some repetitions with, the ones or the twos, at least. I, I don't want to see him predominantly only in the third and fourth quarter. I want to see what he does against better competition. The same can be said with Nick Herbig. 
Get him out there against good players. I want to see what this guy can do. This is the time to test these players and to see what they're capable of. Going up against, again, I hate picking on the Raven Clark, but that's the guy he abused in uh, the first drills that they did in training camp. Give me Nick Herbig up against some legitimate tackles, and let's see what we have. If it's not much because he's still raw and he needs some time to develop, that's fine. No one's going to be upset, but I want to see it. I really want to see yeah, Nick Herbig know. going out there against some some better competition. Dave, is there anyone else that we haven't mentioned that you're looking forward to? Yeah, I honestly, because we, we, we talked about it the first half maybe a little bit, we say Joey Porter Jr., but really, I want to see some Patrick Peterson. For sure. Yeah. I don't think we'll see much of him, but man, it would be nice to see. Is he that guy that, that pulled in five interceptions for the Vikings last year? It's a good one. It's a good one. Brian? You know, Broderick Jones is an enigma right now. We we don't even know um, because some reports are saying that, that he's looking, he looked great. Some are saying that he didn't. I like what Mike Tomlin's saying about him. Um, he, uh, we want to work on his hand usage and situational play. That's uh, that is a great way to not tear this guy down. But he, but he, uh, there's some things that he really likes about him too. He thought uh, uh, he was surprised to learn that he had the most offensive snaps out of anybody. No, he wasn't. Well. He blew that. <laughs> he oh, was well. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. That was that was very tongue in cheek. Oh, really? He did. <laughs> well, I, I was. Uh, listening to it and i didn't yeah. see i didn't see it so yeah he had a um, big grin on his face when he said it so uh, that's i hook line and sinker good job yeah. good yeah. job acting yeah. um but you know i'd like to see and i'm and i i believe everything dave says because you know that is by design but i want to know how they really feel about him and it's nice to see that they're not they're not shielding him away from criticism or they're not shielding him away from getting reps, but I want to see a whole lot more. It's like feeling better about your investment. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to give you one more player. And this is someone that if, you know, if anyone's out there and you're like, okay, it's the end of the third quarter, we're going into the fourth starters are all out. What am I watching? Like, give me someone to keep an eye on. What number is Spencer Anderson, Dave? Do you know off the top of your head? 74. Four, I think he is. Okay. Yes. Watch number yes. 74. <laughs> Where is he? Is he a tackle? Is he a guard? Are they going to give him reps at center? And the reason why I tell you to watch out for this young man is that I think Jim Wexel hit it on the hit the nail right on the head when he compared him to Kelvin Beecham. This was mm-hmm. uh, two weeks ago on the Steel City Insider podcast. And Kelvin Beecham was kind of that do-it-all guy as a seventh-round draft pick, and he was just, hey, I'll, I'll play wherever. You need me at center, I'll snap the ball. You need me a guard, sure. Tackle, let's do it. And he's made himself a nice little career as a tackle. This guy is pushing for a roster spot, and he's someone that could maybe upend a Kendrick Green and bump him off the 53 if he has some good performances. So Spencer Anderson, that's a, hey, that's the nitty-gritty. That's the guys in the in the in, on the line. Keep an eye out for Spencer Anderson because he plays well. He's going to be pressing. I, I always said, hey, this guy, if he's a practice squatter, that's great. He might actually be pushing for more than that. Dave, go ahead. I agree. I have one more name that I'm going to throw out there, and I don't have a number yet. Uh, but I'll, I'll get it because I have to look it up and update everything. Yeah. And the, and it's not, I don't think it's to actually make the 53, but to really to, to go with the practice squad. Look for – I'm going to mess up the last name. 
Zazavion. I think it's Valaday. I keep wanting to say Vandalay. But but I know it's Zazavion because I've had to spell it out because it's got the, both the X and the Z, uh, which is which, which is phenomenal. Just because from our main reporter, once again, shout out Nick Fairball, great job updating stuff from 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 camp as our as our number one inside source uh, at training camp. As I'm, then he's not just ours; I'm saying he's everybody's because he puts it out there for everyone, which is great. But he was saying he just seems to have a different level of of athleticism that the other running backs down the chart don't. Um, he was a highly sought after undrafted rookie free agent. Still don't know why. It didn't work out in Houston, but maybe maybe the change of scenery. See see if there's something there because you know they're going to keep uh, even if they keep three running backs, you know they're going to keep one on the practice squad. So um, oh, yeah, Afton says that uh, Valade was number thirty three at camp. I just haven't looked at the roster since last week when I did that, which I will have an updated one for this Saturday night for everyone at SteelCurtainNetwork.com where. It, lists all the players by number so if you see a number one know who it is it's it's by number and you have it there there you go all right brian anything else for players in, in particular yeah i want to see gunner o i he, I he got some praise from kenny yeah you're you're hearing a lot about this guy and i'm not ready to write him off after after one year i hear that uh there's some stuff in camp i would actually think that he's probably i would say if uh over under was 53 uh 53 man roster i would put him under because i would think that he would get there i don't think he's the 54th man i actually think that uh that he's there for a reason and they know a lot more than what we see and what we saw in week two and week four good stuff jeff can i bring one up from the live chat absolutely Okay, and that's Robert Cotting says some people like the fifth tight end. He said this more than once, and he's right. That's Rodney Williams. Yeah. He he looked good last Friday. He's done some great things in camp. The day Big Bro Sco was at training camp, he had that he um that that play where he like batted the ball to himself, caught it going to the ground. Um, to me, I already think if he can get there, he's a lock for the practice squad. But uh, that's. He's he's the last guy in a pretty deep room, and he's still coming out there and playing well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's do a quick over under, and then we'll go into trivia. See so y'all ready? Also, yeah. oh, those the, that that first those first two of over under didn't no, count. This is this is real okay. quick. This is only so this three. is the real one. Do you want to yeah. recap of last week? We did that on the uh, post game, didn't we? Okay, you got well, two, but, and but we both this. got one. Oh yeah, no, Brian, I got zero. No, 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 oh, Brian, Brian went over. <laughs> Jeff, oh, yeah, was Jeff had the Jeff had the had the good batting average in MLB, and I meatloafed it. So it, it, it's right. it's preseason. I so I'm we don't oh, count well, these hey. we don't count these stats in the regular season. <laughs> yeah, even the line makers getting used to things. That's me. Okay, let's do it. Pittsburgh Steelers points. I'm going to stay with the same line as last week. Twenty three and a half. They went over last week playing stiffer competition in Buffalo against Buffalo. Buffalo is going to be playing their starters. Dave, you taking the over or the under total points for Steelers. I am. I love to go West. I'm going over. Okay. Brian, what about you? I'd love to be with Dave and I'm not a pessimist. I'm just going under. All right. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go under, but barely, but barely under. So I, I'm going to take, See, I'm, I, I'm still putting it at 24 points and you say 23 and a half. Uh-huh. So that's why I'm. Why, All right. Why let's I'm go with it. defensive takeaways. 
Defensive takeaways, I'm going to have that line at one and a half. It might seem low for some people, but with Josh Allen playing a quarter and a half, I figure you would hope that they limit their turnovers. Brian, Dave, what about you? One and a half. Uh, I'm erasing it already. I started to go under, but you know what? I'm going to go over because that's one thing with Buffalo last year. They were not known as a team that really did a great job of taking care of the ball. So therefore now it could be that that's, they're overemphasizing that this year, which could make you go under. So I'm almost, I'm talking myself back and forth because you set such a good line, but let's have some fun with it. I'll go over. All right, Brian, I'm going to go under. Okay. I'm going to go over. I think they're going to get two. Okay. And then last one are, Steelers sacking Buffalo Bills quarterbacks set the line at three and a half. Dave, what do you think? Uh, well, I, man, I hate doing this for all of them, but if I go with the line that I went with this morning on Stat Geek, I said I wanted to up that from three to four. I want four, so I got to go over. Okay, Brian? You know, I'm going to go over as well. I'm going to go under with three. And you go under with three days. I really wanted to do that, but. Uh. <laughs> and that's it. That's the over-under. We'll see how those things pan out on Saturday, 6.30 p.m. Pittsburgh time, only on NFL Plus, unless you're local and you're getting the local feed. So keep that in the back of your mind. All right, do you both have trivia? No. Hey, can, can I say something about that, though? Yeah. If you did not sign up for a free seven-day trial of NFL Plus for the first game, you can get a free trial of NFL Plus and it will give you the last two games. <laughs> now, the part the Steelers are one of the teams that they're I, I they, they actually are right now are scheduled on NFL Network next Thursday, at least on my TV. But as we know within all NFL Network, they'll cut away to a different game at any time yeah. uh just to do that. But uh if you're looking for that and you could do the NFL plus and and if you didn't do it before, one week free trial when you can get two games. There you go. Good point. I need to throw something in on top of that. Don't make the mistake that I did. I did it. I uh, I went ahead, but the mistake, and I should have listened to Dave's plan when he said he was going to uh, record the NFL Network the next day at mm-hmm. 7 a.m. because you have to pay extra for the replays. Yes. So you cannot. I went to try to rewatch that game and watch some other games, and here I wasn't able to because I wasn't paying enough money the for premium them. you need yeah. the premium so you have yeah. to get the premium which is 14.99 which when the steelers finally get around to giving it to their season ticket holders which they did in time last year but didn't this year then then i'll get that but i will also say that the replay is once again 7 a.m the next day at 7 a.m sunday morning okay set your dvrs very good very good okay, okay. Trivia. uh brian do you have trivia yes i do it's a Go quick ahead. one so you know, we've talked in the past about famous Bills and Steelers that share ties. And we have one right now on the team, definite. Everybody knows Levi Wallace was a Bill, undrafted free agent out of Alabama. But there was a uh, a very, a very, uh, a Bill that was very good for the, uh, for that team. Went to three Pro Bowls, went to another team. And spent three seasons there and spent his final three seasons with Pittsburgh successfully. What was his name and what did he cost the Steelers? So he was a three-time Pro Bowler in Buffalo. Yes. Went somewhere else and then finished his career with the Steelers. Yes. Hmm. 
and I will say this, he was a member of that four Super Bowl team. Oh, the four Super Bowl team. I should know this because it was probably one of those guys when I did those articles that were players that weren't drafted by the Steelers. Hmm. I have no clue. Um, I should, I should know. I should remember this, but I'm not, uh, for not OJ Thomas. Riley. OJ. I love that answer. Oh dear. Um, all right. I'll, Um, I'll throw in a little, another hint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked the question, what did he cost the Steelers? He cost the Steelers a draft pick because the uh, Dan Rooney offered him a little bit more when he was signed to play one part of the offensive line. And because they let him play another part, um, because of that bonus that he promised them, went against league roles. So they lost a draft pick because of signing this player. Hmm. Hmm. And he was with all four Steelers. No, all four Buffalo Bills Super Bowl teams. Oh, I thought you said all four of the Steelers. That's what I thought too. That's what. I, oh. Yeah, that's what I thought you oh. meant. Oh, I'm sorry. All four Buffalo Bills Steelers teams. All, all, all four of the. the so you're yeah, because remember with... he only played three years for the Steelers. That, oh yeah, that that would probably make sense. So. Let's see. What year were what year were the Buffalo Bills Super Bowls? That was early nineties, right? It was in the nineties, uh, the ninety season through ninety three. Okay, so hmm, they went somewhere else. Ended up with the Steelers. Um, this this is a Jeff. You got you got anything? No. Um, he started 16 games for the Steelers in 1996 and 1997 when they went to the AFC championship game. So I'm trying to think of like 97 couldn't have been Dawson. Couldn't have been Sty. Couldn't have been Strelzik. Um, what was the one? Oh shoot. I can't remember his name. It was both his names were W. Yep. Alliteration. Yes. Um, is it? Do you remember him, Jeff? <laughs> I almost want to say Will Wheaton, but that's not right. It's you Will, got, is it? It's Will. <laughs> um, do, do you know who I'm talking about? It's not Will Wolfley. It's not Wolfley. It's you're it's close. Like so you're um, close. You're going to have to just tell me. I'm not. I'm not. Look at David it. Poe. He got it. Will Wolford. Wolford. That's what it was. He was the other lineman, and he was. I mean, he was a three-time Pro Bowler with the Bills. A very mm. good player. Gotcha. Now, I don't think this showed up on my stuff because I don't know that he was drafted. I didn't you, you mention know what I'm him saying? being drafted, but... Um, I mean, he I, ended up with the bill. Here, let me see if I can find him it, here real quick. It, he played at Vanderbilt, and uh, I'm almost thinking that... Uh, that... It doesn't... Oh, what say. am I... No, he was a first-round draft pick. That's why he didn't show up on mine because all the other there was so many good first round draft picks with 
with other teams that came to the Steelers like Jerome Bettis, like James Ferrier. That's why he didn't end up on my list. That was why. Okay. So I was going to say, uh, that's why I thought maybe he wasn't drafted because he didn't end up on my list. Sorry. I'm letting this take too long. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, though. That was a good one. Yep. All right, Dave, you're up. Okay. Mine's mine's much easier. Okay. I was thinking about the the forgotten man that I mentioned from training camp and one Chris Boswell and and the importance of him this year uh moving forward after you know missing some time last year and those kind of things. I st- I would I was looking at Steelers like all-time Steelers scorers um by season and they're all kickers. They're all kickers because they're the ones who actually score the most points. But the thing is you don't always want them scoring as many points, unless it's the right kind of point. So I'm going to ask you this. What kicker for the Steelers has the most made extra points in a season? I'm going to say Sean Sweezel. That's where I was going to go. Uh, But I'll take, uh, give me Gary Anderson since he took my answer. Okay. Well, I was actually going to also do this. I'm like, there are, there are four Steelers that have 45 or more extra points made in a season. Three of them have 45 and one of them has 50. You all got two of the three that have 45. In Sean Sweezum and Gary Anderson. Skippy. Chris Boswell. Chris Boswell, the most extra points he had in any season was 43. Mm. Okay, okay, I'm going to go a little crazy here. What he, did you hear? Did you hear Brian say Jeff Reed? Jeff Reed is the other one that was 45. That's who you said, right? Skippy? Yeah, I said Skippy. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I thought. Yes. Um, so I'm going to so go with is, is, is the leader, the one that has 50. They scored a lot of touchdowns in 1979. He missed a lot of stuff, but I would say Matt Barr. That would be Matt Barr because of all the touchdowns, the number one offense in the NFL scored in 1979. So that that was that that was that one. So yeah, so Matt Barr 50. Then you had Sweezum, Anderson, and Reed all with 45. Sweezum was in 2014, Anderson was in 84, and Reed was in 2005. Now, what about then, then instead of looking at, at made extra points, what about made field goals? Uh, hold on. I, I, I just glitched out here for a second. Um, there are, I'm pretty sure it's five, five players who have made 30 or more field goals in a season for the Steelers. Can you name those five players? Chris Boswell. Chris Boswell, he's done it twice. He's the leader with 36 in 2021. Uh, and he had 35 the other in 2017. So that's one. What are we looking at? 40, did you say? 30 or more made field goals in a season. Sushi, Swisham. Swisham. He made 30 in 2013. And uh, we'd have to go Jeff Reed. Jeff Reed is not. The most no. field goals he made in a season was in 2004, he made 28. Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson made 33 field goals in his Pro Bowl season of 1985. How many are we missing? You are missing two. Norm Johnson. Norm Johnson. 34 field goals in 1995. One of my favorite Steeler kickers is Norm Johnson. 
No. Brian Brown saying Josh Scobie. Can we kick him out of the live right now? <laughs> Don't even say that name. Don't even say that name. Scobie debacle. Yeah. yeah. I I need to say one thing about Gary Anderson real quick. Mm-hmm. He was really with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, he, that's he who he was drafted by. I I know that because of of doing that that set of articles that he was he was one of the best ones uh, drafted by a different team that ended up with the Steelers for for where he was drafted. So you got one more who made thirty field goals in a season. Well, who was there, who was the guy with the extra points, Brian? That you just bar Matt Barr. It was he. <sighs> no, his his. He missed so many field goals. Um, so I, I wouldn't say Barr. I might try Jarella. No, it's not Jarella. In case you're wondering, Barr 1979 was 18 of 30 for oh, yeah. field goals. Yeah, I mean, kickers <laughs> yeah. were not great. They're, they're not like they are now. No. So we said we said Gary Anderson. We said Boswell. Yeah. Boswell, Anderson, Norm Johnson, Sean Sweezum, and who are we missing? This is a Chris Brown. Chris Brown. It's Chris Brown in 2001. Merry Christmas to us all. Yes. (laughs) There you go. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Let's finish this up with some uh, final thoughts. Brian, we'll start with you. All right. I am going to say this. This is going to be controversial. I don't care because it's how I feel. And I'm at that point in my life. I'm rooting for Kendrick Green to make the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I am not rooting for Kendrick Green to make the Pittsburgh Steelers as a fullback. I don't care about that. I don't care about that whatsoever. For me, if Kendrick Green turns his career around, I want him to do it as an offensive lineman and be productive of that. I'd rather him work on that craft than work on anything else. That's all I've got to say about that. Okay. Dave Schofield, final thoughts. All right. I'll just I'll just piggyback off Brian. I am not rooting for Kendrick Green to make the 53-man <laughs> roster. I am not rooting against Kendrick Green. I want to see Kendrick Green come out and play great. I just want to see Spencer Anderson play better and take the spot from him. Um, and you could say, is there room for both of them on the roster? Only if they trade or trade someone like a Kevin Dodson. Um, not saying they should or they will, but it's that's the biggest possibility. Or if someone gets injured, don't want to see that at all. So that's that's what I'm saying. Um, no offense, Brian. I don't think you took offense by anyway. And the whole reason I did my trivia is because we got to remember kickers are people too. Amen. All right. So don't make sure you check us out on Saturday night after the game. The three of us will be on for another post-game show. So check us out here, Dave. When are we on next week? Because they play on Thursday. Oh, then we'll be the post-game show. Yeah, we'll be the post-game show for sure. The question is, will we preview it beforehand? We'll figure it out. No, we'll let the other people do that. Yep. Okay. executive decision <laughs> one less one less show for jeff that's that works one less me. thing to worry about yeah all right dave why don't you send us out like we always do hey all right we'll see you next week at some point take it easy
everybody else gets a little tight, 